welcome back to the online ministry of Grace Baptist Church. Francophones make up one in five Canadians, yet just 0.8% of them identify as evangelicals. That makes Canada's French-speaking population the most unreached mission field in North America. And that's why we're committed as a church to supporting the training of church leaders in Quebec and church planting in that province. Francois Turcotte has been the executive director and the academic dean of SEMBEC since 2009. SEMBEC trains pastors and lay leaders through a church-based model that's seeking to raise up workers for the harvest. Now, back in January, Francois asked to speak at Grace and give an update because he was going to be in town for a conference. Although the conference was canceled because of the pandemic, I thought it would be important that we could still hear from him. So this morning, he'll share an update on the work and bring a message of hope from Colossians chapter one, entitled The Missions, of, the Missions Mystery. Hope you enjoy it. Dear brothers and sisters from Grace Church, I want to give you some quick good news about Sembeck. Uh, you know we're here to serve the gospel need in Quebec Mission Field, and uh, our uh, priority is to train, train new leaders for churches, so churches could have pastors and, and church planters and elders and people serving. So um, I want to give you just quick news about what's happening recently. We have Stéphane Tessier. Stéphane is now uh, has planted a church in the last year and he's thriving. The church is growing. They're reaching a region about an hour from Montreal. And Stéphane well, used to work for the government and God called him for ministry. We train him in the context of the local church. He was trained recently in a church. He was uh, sent by that church and Sembeck was just a ministry tool to make all this happen. We're so happy to have this. We have also Quentin Bernard. He's uh, presently training in my own local church. He's mentored by the senior pastors and he's in preparation for church planting in Oshilaga, um, a region of about 100,000 people and no evangelical churches serving the multi-ethnic community over there. So we want to have, um, uh, we're so blessed to see Quentin growing since four years, being trained, finishing his master's degree with us, and he will be ready in a few months to start uh, the initial steps for the church plan thing. So this is Sembeck Ministry. We're so glad for that. Or there's uh, Grant. Grant uh, heard about the need of Quebec. He's, a, he's from British Columbia, and he, he left his teaching position over there. He came here to become a servant under the leadership of a, of a church, and he's doing an MA program with us, a program to train him for leadership, biblical leadership in a local church. So, so Grant is just like serving the community, mentored by the church and the leaders of the church, and he will soon be ready either to stay there or be sent away. So um, we are also um, uh, multiplying churches that, uh, that are able to have the certification uh, to be a Sembeck Center there in the local church. So teaching the Word of God and multiplying leaders, and we are growing this number more and more so we have more churches involved in the process of training. So this is just like quick news. I'd like to say more. I'd like to be with you face to face, 
but by God's grace, you would receive this as great news from your missionary in Quebec. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. My name is Francois. Oh, I wish I could be with you this morning, but as you know, it's not possible, and your pastor asked me if I could preach uh, for you, even though we have a distance. And uh, so I accepted, and I'll be pleased to do it, and forgive and bear with me my English this morning. I hope I won't do a lot of mistakes. So uh, let's just pray before we dig into the Word this morning. I'm going to read the Word first, and then we're going to pray. Uh, no, let's, let's, let's pray, and I'm going to read the Word through the, the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we pray that Your Word will be active, and you would, you would use it this morning again, because You're so good. And your word is so marvelous. Be with me, be with us this morning. May we listen with ears all open for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a price to pay for everything in life. When we think of uh, people doing Olympics or playing professional sports, they pay, they pay a price to reach the goal. There's also a price to pay then for bearing Christ's mission, bearing Christ's names. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's also a goal. It's not for our glory. It's not to win some human uh, rewards, but it's, it's for the glory of God. But there's still a price to pay. And those words we're going to read this morning in the book of Colossians chapter 1 are, are, are scripture written by a man who just went through all the sufferings that we, we meet when we uh, bear and live for Christ. And um, it's an old man. It's a man with experience. It's a man in prison. It's, it's a man that I've been beaten and persecuted. Uh, if he would uh, take out his shirt, uh, we would see scars all over his body. This man paid the price. Paul paid the price. And, and he's still excited and, it, and he's still in it because the treasure is so great and Christ is so marvelous. And, and he's the one writing those words and and if he was thinking about a, uh, following Christ or being a pastor, his first criteria in the job description would be, are you ready to suffer? He knew, he knew what it is. But maybe some of you will say, what, he was an apostle of Christ. Yes, for sure. And his sufferings are different than those we're going to bear because of that. But still, uh, he told us to imitate him and his call was still the Christian call. So we're all included in the meaning, even though it's directly um, uh, related to the life of Paul himself, uh, there's still a connection for us. So first of all, uh, he wants to make us realize that 
we are suffering when we bear the name of Christ. I'm not talking about suffering in general this morning. Like the, there's many angles to suffering. But the one angle I want to talk this morning is the angle of our vocational, relational suffering because we, we bear Christ's name and we built his church. So, so this is the, the angle I'm going to talk this morning and why there is suffering connected to that uh, and, and why are those suffering so good and even though we're talking about the word suffering. You'll see in the first verse, in chapter 1, verse 24, we read this, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. Our, my first point this morning is our suffering as a goal, or our, our, our relational suffering as a goal. If he would just say that I'm, I rejoice in my suffering, uh, we would put him in a hospital, but he said, I rejoice in my suffering because they are for your sake. They have a goal, the goal of other people impacted when I, when I bear the name of Christ, when I speak Christ, when I, when I preach Christ, uh, people receive the good news or are transformed by the good news. People are, are, are rejecting this good news. There is a reaction. It's either a, a good smell or a smell of life or a smell of death, Paul say, but there is a reaction. And this brings sometimes suffering. And, and Paul may thinks of himself in prison right now with all these cars. When he, when he thinks about the Christian in, in this church and he said, I'm happy. I'm still happy because there is something related to the, the glory of God in this. And I'm so happy to work, to work toward towards the church, we're going to see that a little bit in details later, but there is, there is definitely for Paul a reason, and when he thinks of the people, he said, I'm ready to do it, and I'm happy to suffer for it. And Jesus said in the Sermon of the Mount, uh, uh, bless are those that are persecuted, because there's the reality of Christ there. And this may be sound totally strange, but the more we see who Christ is, the more we understand the love of Christ for us, the more we understand why Paul is able to say, I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. The second point I see in the text here this morning is our sufferings are worthy. Paul is saying this after we read, still in verse 24, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up that which is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Now Paul is not, wor not telling here this morning that is suffering, complete Christ's suffering for justification. 
Justification was granted to us because of Christ. His work at the cross was full, completed, and, and fruitful. He said that earlier in the chapter. Now, what he's talking about, he's saying that every work, every suffering we go through because we bear Christ's name, because we're going to help the church to be built. People will be added to the church when they, they are converted to the good news of the gospel. Or people are growing in maturity. When the, the Christ church is being built, there's also suffering related to that. We'll see later. And, but, but the suffering Paul is going through is part of this major construction of the beauty of the church. The church being completed and, and bring before Christ with all our beauty. And this work will bring suffering. And Paul understands that his sufferings are worthy because they're, they're part of this construction. They're part of being there to see the, the, the whole church being brought together. And um, as, as the spirit coming from Genesis, when the woman understood that there's going to be enmity between her, her descendant and the snake descendant, and we see this struggle through all the Bible and the prophets bearing the, the word of God were persecuted. And when Christ came, there was a conflict and between the two descendants. And, and Paul was part of it. And we are part of that too, to build a church in the city where you are and in my city. But it's worthy because we are, we are laboring for what's the most beautiful project on this planet. When Jesus came, he said, I will build my church. So to work for the, the glory of God through the ministry of your local church is something very worthy. And, and Paul is ready to suffer for that. And, and we should be ready also to understand that our suffering for the church are worthy because of Christ's name, because of Christ's glory and and like a like a, um, a lady will suffer to labor in childbirth we are kind of participating in the childbirth of the church and those are sufferings are are part of it uh, until we're all together in heaven and with Christ uh, glorifying him for eternity and uh, till then now there's a third point here in the text that I want to move on quickly. Oh, verse 25. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the st stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has, but has now been manifested to his saints. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches 
of the glory of the mystery among the gentle, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This church was, was there in the mind of God way before our era, but we are now in this era, the, the mystery has been revealed, and, and uh, we proclaim it. Paul has been called to do it. We have been called to proclaim it too. <clears throat> and this mystery is Christ in you. The, the God of the universe in you. This is mind-blowing. Christ in you. It's so new. It's the new covenant. It's the beauty of the Holy Spirit connected to us and Christ. It's not my life anymore. It's Christ in me, Paul says. And this is so precious. We could spend an hour just there together and, and go to see your pastor to, to dig into that. But Christ is new. We have been adopted. Christ died and resurrected for this to be true. We have the, the deposit of the Holy Spirit as a seal in us, putting a guarantee around all this. And this will transform us. We have a new life. We have a new beginning. We, we have eternal life because of that. It's, 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 it is hope for Paul. The hope of the glory that is to come there is a future to all that. There's a present and a future. And, and this is so much a good news. This is so much glorious. Why will that bring suffering? Why will there be that reaction to such a good news? We know that because to die is not what our flesh wants. And, and there's a a desire for, not for light, but for darkness. And, and that's why, and there's a resistance, and we have an enemy. But my third point this morning is, is our suffering are related to our own calling, to who we are. And not who I am alone. Who am I now because Christ lives in me? Because I reflect God's glory. I, I bear Christ's names and virtues. And, and this will bring suffering to the reality of who we are now. And Paul, Paul is clear about that. And he's ready to bear this because the suffering are for the other sakes and they are worthy. And, and, um, and Paul has been transformed so strongly by this reality of Christ in him. There's so much uh, in this. Christianity is not about what we do for Christ. It's about what Christ did for us to make this gospel true and we have been transformed. So why there's going to be suffering? There's going to be suffering. We're going to, verse 28, 
as we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. There's going to be suffering because it's relational. Our identity is connected to a relational mandate. A relational with the non-Christian mandate and a relational mandate with Christian. One to proclaim, the other one to admonish and teach all our brothers and sisters. Not just the pastor. The pastor can do it alone. He needs everyone to do it. Paul is clear with that in Ephesians chapter 4. And I preached that when I was with you a couple of years ago where we're all in training, we're all being transformed to this image. Paul is using the same words here. We're all included in that process, either as a mentor coach to someone or, or mentoring and coaching someone. We're all included in that vision of the ministry of Christ. And this brings suffering because there's relationship involved. There's suffering because we have to proclaim it to non-Christian. And as you know, it's not as easy it, there's suffering related to that because we are rejected some people say no some people stop talking to us some of you have lost some relatives relationship because of the gospel in other parts of the world the suffering are sometimes even way much more than that We preach Christ and there will be some reaction to it. But also, just about your time, it's not, your, it's not our life anymore, but we still sometimes struggle to live for our own life. So the other day, we had to receive a lady in a house who works with my wife and we had to spend our evening listening to her life and her suffering and her story and preaching Christ and this took all the evenings and and I would have liked maybe to relax and do nothing and watch a movie there's a price to pay there is suffering related to the reality of preaching Christ it changed our life our schedule it changed our time uh, what we do with our time uh, and but we suffer also because we have to, to teach and admonish. For which reason? That we may present every man. The word present here is the word in Greek for offering. As a gift, is giving a gift to God. What's, what's the reason we live now that we have Christ in us? Our new schedule is the building of the church. Uh, and, and we do it by teaching the word of God and admonishing each other. Sometimes we prefer the teaching mode, like we, we open the Bible and we, we say to the others what they need to know or practice. But there's also the admonishing part here. And I think this is the part that may bring more suffering. We're, we're not like all saying to each other, hey, admonish me, I'm, I'm ready, I'm open, I'm going to receive everything you're going to say. 
I'm happy to be in training. I want to become like Christ. As you know, that's not real life. We, know, we need to go through into the life of others and, and dig in and there's going to be like reaction to that. And, and even for ourselves, we're not like always ready to receive what needs to be said. So I'm going to be, become more and more like Jesus and I'm going to be mature, uh, like uh, complete in Christ, like the text is saying. Here is this, this full expression of maturity in every angle of my life because this is the kind of gift I want to give to Jesus even myself and for all those I'm going to present to him I don't want to present to to Christ Christian that are that are still struggling with thousands of sins this would not be a good gift so our reason on earth brothers and sisters God built his church, so your local church you're in, there's a lot of work to be done. So every one of you will become, we're reflecting the full and complete maturity of Christ. Maybe you're an old Christian and, and nobody told you since 10 or 15 years, you have a, you have a bad attitude and, and uh, you need to be admonished. And, and sometimes we, we, we let people go. We don't want to get into this mud of the challenge in our hearts. There's suffering when we do that. But it is for Christ's glory. This is part of the work that we have received because we have some gift to offer, to present to, to, to Christ is maybe we can have the image of Ephesians chapter 5 uh, a purified by the word of God uh, uh, wife to, to his husband and um, what a glorious text also what a glorious mind we could have of our us investing but that will not be easy to do, brothers and sisters. And the challenge is every man. There is no limit to the mandate. Every man inside the church and every man outside the church. And this is, this is a, a large challenge we are involved in. But when we realize what Christ in you means when we realize the love of Christ behind this truth and, and for us in this, in this world that is so far away from the, the, the mind of Christ and, and they are struggling and fighting and, and they, they have this battle to, to go over and they are left alone. We want to give them the precious treasure of Christ. But... You know, there's a call behind that. This is our identity. This is who we are. We are a disciple of Christ involved in the construction of His church. And God is looking for Christian to do it. God is looking for 
man and woman as disciple who's going to raise up and be part of that reality. And, and God is looking for uh, men to become pastors of churches and maybe there's some in your congregation and, and if God is calling you, go and see your pastor and, and share about your burden and, and because God is looking for those people who's going to be willing as Christian or as pastors and evangelists and church punter to, to be part of that construction. And your training could be done in the context of the local church because this is where we are transformed and this is where maturity of Christ is being brought in the context of those relationships. And it's, it's suffering because as you know, often sometimes it's going to be a great news. But sometimes it's going to be difficult time. You invested a year in a person to train him in, in, the, in the mind of Christ and, and after a year they just quit. They go, you don't have any news. Or we have to, uh, to do church uh, discipline with someone that we love and we care. And sometimes there's suffering because people don't want to grow. We invest and nothing change. There's suffering because uh, you know, you experience, you experienced that before, I'm sure. And you will understand what I mean. But this is our call. And Paul is still saying, I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. Are we alone in this? Not at all. Let me end with this verse here. And for this purpose, all he said before, I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Oh no, brothers and sisters, it's not a human thing. It's not a, a solo thing. It's, it's a work that we do, we do as a, a duet. We are with Christ into that enterprise. We are not alone. Paul is there. He's, he's laboring. He's striving. But with the strength given by Christ himself. The word in Greek is agonizo. In French, we, has the, we have the same word. It means... There's a lot of suffering included in the use of the word by Paul here. But he's also telling us that the strength, the power, comes with this work not being done by ourselves, but the power of Christ in us. The power is not in our ability. The power is not in our capacity. The power is not in our gift. The power is, is on our God. He is the one doing it. And I think there is an illusion to, to the cross here. At the cross where, where Christ could, could be seen as something weak while he was suffering, there was real power behind the cross to save all those who were elected 
Imagine this same power in us. We may, we may feel we are weak. We are unworthy. We, we are not gifted. We are not able. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, it doesn't depend on that. It depends on Christ who will come and work through you. And even those suffering will bring new value to who Christ is to your heart. And you will understand him way more when you're involved in this vocation of being a disciple of Christ, a leader for Christ. I want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, there's so much here in this text. I could say, I could have told way more. Would you use those words to bring my brothers and my sisters ready to do the relational challenges connected to our mission and see that as part of the suffering to, to build Christ's church, the glorious one, the one you already see in heaven through your eyes, Jesus. Help us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much to, uh, to bear with me this morning and may God use you in the future and I hope I'll be able to visit one day and be face to face again. Thank you.